I count it a privilege to walk among you folk. Uh, today we're going to do something a little special, and if you're visiting with us, we'll give instructions as we go through. Uh, we will celebrate the Feast of Communion uh, in just a few minutes, and uh, as you have opportunity to come forward and serve yourselves uh, that communion meal, there will be a number of, of blessing stations. Uh, some will be up here on the worship platform. Some will be uh, down into my left and right and your left and right. And then there will be one in the back and I think at least one up uh, in our balcony. And what we would like to do is to have you have an opportunity to have some people speak blessings over your life. We sense that God is doing something very fresh in our midst and will do that something very fresh in this year, 2014. Can you imagine 2014? Let's pray for just a minute. Father, thank you for just your goodness and all that you have done on our behalf is more than we can ever fully understand, but by the revelation of your Spirit, God, to our hearts, you give us knowledge and revelation that we might know you better. So, God, open our hearts and continue to do something that new and fresh work that you're doing in so many in these days. Thank you that it isn't just here. It's all over. Lord, all over this city, revival's beginning to break forth, Lord, even around this nation. Give us eyes to see it, hearts to receive it, God, and that we might um, lay hold of all of you that you have laid hold uh, for us. We bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, well, I'm going to shorten what I shared today, and um, I just want to, for those of you who have not been with us, we've been walking through uh, some 40-plus days now of what we've called blessing, and it really is just helping us come to the scriptures and understand what God has begun to do from the very beginning of time, which is to bless a people. And um, I'm going to mention uh, five covenants. There are more in the scriptures, but I'm going to mention five this morning just to sort of get us uh, thinking. And the first um, covenant that, of blessing that God gave to his people is called the covenant of creation. And that comes from Genesis chapter 1 verses 27 and 28, if you'd like to write those down and maybe look at them uh, later on. God said uh, to them, to those whom he has created, so God uh, blessed them. He created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Um, fill the earth and subdue it have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and every living thing that moves upon the face of the earth. God chose to bless a people in the very beginning. Now, we are the direct recipients of that blessing over here thousands of years later. And, and God then, uh, through, through time, through the fall, through, through disobedience, God then reestablishes uh, his heart of blessing to his people. We come to um, the covenant that God made with Noah. And Noah, in Genesis chapter 9, verse uh, 1, God then blessed Noah and his family, his sons, his daughters. And he said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number upon the earth. 
in verse 9 of Genesis chapter 9, uh, says that, Behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your descendants over you forever. The covenant of blessing that God made in creation with all of his children. The covenant then that he, he speaks to, to Noah specifically in that line of blessing. And the third covenant then that we've come to, and we've looked at this somewhat in depth over the past couple of months here, and that is the covenant that God made with Abraham. And in Genesis chapter 12, God chose a man, Abram, uh, and he blessed him, verse 12, and, or chapter 12, verses 2 and 3, and it says that God blessed Abram, saying, I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, such that all of the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. So from creation to Noah and now to Abraham, we see that the covenantal blessings of God are moving forward upon the earth. We then come to the covenant that God made with Moses. This one's a little bit more difficult for us, but God, through Moses, took these people that had been in bondage, brought them out of Egypt, and called them to a mountain called Sinai, and there made covenant with them. He said, you will be to me a a special people, a unique people. He gave them the law. In Exodus chapter 19, in verses 5 and 6, it says this, If you then will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be to me a special treasure, a kingdom of priests, and a holy nation. That sounds very much like what we read in uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, I think it is. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. But we come to then what makes all of this blessing possible, and that is the fifth covenant of blessing that I'll mention today because we're coming to the feast of the celebration of Jesus, and that is the new covenant that God made with us through Jesus. We've looked at the covenant of God's blessing and creation, the covenant that God made with Noah, the covenant that God made with Abraham, the covenant God made with with Moses. And one of the things I probably should say about the covenant that God made with Moses, he made this covenant. He said, you get to keep all of the laws and all of the commandments and all of the stipulations. But they couldn't keep them. And you know, I thought about that and it was something like, Maybe you've realized the blessings in your own life when you fail. See, we don't look at failure as a blessing. But sometimes it's the the blessing of favor of God that brings us to the end of ourselves so that we no longer trust in ourselves. There's grace even in this covenant that God made with Moses because all of the people recognized over time they couldn't keep that, that covenant of of works, that covenant of performance, and they learned something gracious in the midst of it that they would eventually have to cling to someone else who would keep all of that law for them. Which brings us to the fifth covenant, the covenant that God made with us uh, through Jesus. The new covenant that he made with us. This covenant ties us to the blessings um, in creation, certainly uh, to Noah, to Abraham, to Moses, and all of the other covenants of the Scriptures. The new covenant that God made with us is a covenant that that is performed not by us, but by another. And we receive the blessing and the benefit of that. And in fact, if you look at Galatians chapter 3, verse 7, it says this, Therefore know that those who are of faith are the sons and the daughters of Abraham. 
Now, notice he didn't say those who are of the persuasion of their own performance or their works. You see, there's one thing that God always responds to, and that is faith. And so he said those who are of, uh, who are of faith are the sons and the daughters of Abraham. You see, the inherent curse in the Mosaic Covenant was that we couldn't keep it. But we learn grace through it that we can't rely upon ourselves. We can't rely upon our own works or our own performance. And in Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, we then read this. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, from the curse of our own needing to perform, from the curse of having to do it all ourselves and keep meticulously the law of Moses. Christ redeemed us from that curse, having become a curse for us. In order that the blessings of Abraham might come upon us through Jesus Christ. Did you follow the, the blessing over here? God's covenant of blessing, uh, His covenant to Noah, His covenant to Abraham, His covenant to Moses, and then God redeems us from the curse of having to perform it in our own strength by having become a curse for us through the person of Jesus. Beloved, that is the good news. That's the gospel. That you can't do it, but Jesus already did it. And we stand within that Abrahamic covenant then by, men, be, by being men and women of faith. In order that, secondly, the promise of the Spirit might come to us through faith. God never wanted to have a place where He would dwell in called a tent. It was, a, it was a, a metaphor. God never wanted to have a place called a temple where He would hang out. God envisioned from the very beginning that there would be a people by faith who would receive all of those blessings in order that the promise of the Father, the Spirit, might come and dwell in a people like us. The blessing of God upon the people of God is that God has chosen to take all of my sin and put it on Jesus and all of Jesus' righteousness and put it on me in order that he who is holy, the Spirit and promise of the Father, might come and live in us and through us. Beloved, that is transformational. When we begin to understand that we now carry the very presence of God everywhere we go. That's what we've been looking at. Let me say just a few things about this. The blessing is not received by our deserving it. The blessing is received by faith. Our blessing others, then, is not based upon their actions. Let me say that again. Our blessing other people out there is not based upon their actions. But it's actually based upon um, our faith to see them the way God sees us. Remember when people were demonstrating out here on, in front of our church? The question is, how did you see them? And what was your natural response to them? I could name some responses that people had, but beloved, the blessings of God that we have received and now we're called to share with other people is not based upon their behavior. The church has become increasingly narrow in presuming that everybody has to act like us out there in order for us to bless them. Shake your head, no. 
You see, here's, here's the, the good news of the gospel. God loved us even when we were sinners. Christ died for us. Now, if we are to be a blessing, we just said that we inherit the covenantal blessing of Abraham, and we are to be a blessing to all of the peoples of the earth. Maybe God, who lives within us, Christ in you, the hope of glory, maybe He wants to make Himself known to people out there that are very different than you are, who have very different sets of morals. I had a very different set of morals before I came to Jesus. And I would suggest that so did each one of us. The blessings then of others are not based upon their actions, but based upon the faith, our faith, to see them as God sees them. You see, we are called to bless. We are called a people who are, who are blessing. We're called to bless that all the peoples of the earth would be blessed through us. A couple of scriptures, and I'll pull this to an end. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 20 and 21, it says this, By faith, Isaac... Bless Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, uh, by faith, Jacob blessed his two grandchildren, the children of, of Joseph. You see, we are called to bless and call those things that are not as though they were. And that's what, the that's what the prophetic ministry is. That's what the ministry of blessing is. When we can see people as God sees them and not the way we see them. Sounds a lot like Second Corinthians chapter 5. We no longer regard one another after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Would that God would give us eyes to see by faith what He's doing in each of our lives, in the lives of one another. Jesus deserved the blessing, but instead he received the curse. We deserve the curse, but instead we received the blessing. Can we do anything less to those who are around us? Now Jesus, when he got together with his disciples, I'm going to allude very quickly to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And I want to look at just two or three verses as we set up coming and receiving what God has done for us in Jesus. Beginning at verse 23 of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, you know how it goes. Uh, for I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. Verse 24. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, Take and eat. This is my body given or broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, after he had eaten, he took the cup and he blessed it, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Now, look at verse 26 of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are proclaiming. We could use the word, you are declaring the death of Jesus until he comes. I would suggest to you that for those who've been here, we've been declaring certain things that are true from the Word of God about us. One you may remember is, um, I am who God says I am. I'm not who I sometimes think I am. I am who God says I am. Shake your head if you understand what I'm saying. 
You know, I am what God says about me even though I fail, even though I do goofy things at times. I am who God says I am. Now, when you eat the bread and when you drink the cup, he says you're proclaiming, you're declaring something about you. I would suggest that communion is not just um, a sacrament of the church. It is a prophetic act. As often as you eat the bread and drink this cup, you are declaring the death of Jesus until he comes. Let me give you two verses before we end here. Romans chapter 5, uh, verse 8 says this. Now remember, every time you eat the bread, and every time you drink the cup, you are declaring something about Jesus' death. What might we be declaring? Verse 8 of Romans chapter 6 says this. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. One of the things you're declaring when you eat the bread and drink the cup, you are declaring that you died with Christ. We've died with Him. And if we've died with Him, we understand that we'll be raised with Him. We are raised with Him. We're already seated with Him in the heavenly realm. Let me give you one more text, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, this time verse 14. It says, For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge this, that if one died for all... Then all died. You see, what are we are proclaiming, what we are declaring when we eat the bread, and what we are declaring when we drink the cup, is that Jesus died for me, and Jesus died as me, and in fact, I died with Jesus. That's why Romans chapter 6 says that if you've been buried with him in baptism, that's a prophetic act as well. You are dead, and now sin has loosened its grip on you. Oh, sure, you still fail, but guess what? Jesus paid it all. You're declaring he died, and you died with him. And brothers and sisters, if you have died with him, you are now raised with him. That is what makes us a chosen generation. That is what makes us a royal priesthood. That is what makes us a people special to God because from the very beginning of time, God chose to have a people because he's a covenant-making God and he's a covenant-keeping God and he ultimately set Jesus to be the supreme sacrifice to ensure the covenant would be safe and sound in the arms of people like us. The blood of Jesus has set us free when you come and eat this bread and drink of this cup you are declaring the death of Jesus as well as your own death in him until he comes father as we come and as we celebrate this feast God help us to understand by revelation what we are doing when we partake not only have you died Jesus for our sin but you died as our sin and the scripture says clearly in Romans 6 and in 2 Corinthians 5 as well as other places that when Jesus died we also died in him and father that sets us free from all of the curse of the law Lord would you fill us with you your spirit Lord as we come would you prepare our hearts and help us to eat rightly Help us, God, to recognize all that you've done for us so that we would live as your people, faithful upon the earth, filled with your very presence 
and going out into the world to be a blessing to all of those people that we come in contact with. So on the night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took bread, and having given thanks for it, he broke it, saying, This is my body which is now broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, after he had eaten with his disciples, he took the cup and pouring out, he said, this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you. Now, as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you're declaring the death of Jesus and his life in us until he comes. I'm going to ask that those who are uh, our prayer and blessing partners, if you would come and serve yourselves at this time. Um, and those who are assisting our elders, if you would come uh, as well, those who've been established to do so. And what I'm going to ask is that uh, as our ushers dismiss you to come forward, there's really no rush. We're going to just worship here for another 20, 30, 40 minutes and then just see as how the Lord would lead us. But what I would like to do is have you come down the center aisle and then split and go around the table on both sides. So go ahead and serve yourselves uh, there as we begin and then uh, we'll have our ushers dismiss you and you can come in kind. Now, after they have served themselves, they're going to be taking their stations. As I mentioned, there'll be three up here on the worship platform, a couple to each of my sides here, uh, at least one in the back and probably one, if not two, up in the balcony. What we would like to have you do is after you've received communion, should you want to receive this prayer slash blessing, they've been sitting before the Lord asking him for words for you. Just going to ask you to come and receive that blessing and see what the Lord would do in our midst. These tables are open and as they have celebrated and then take their stations, ushers, you may begin to bring people. Uh, I guess row by row would be good. Thank you, Father, for your amazing life and your love in our midst. Speak to us, God, in whatever way serves your purposes now. In Jesus' name.